never seen it. I've seen clips of the Golden Girls, but I'd, I never put two and two together that that is Betty White. And like, I just, I literally just never knew who Betty White was. I just knew that we loved her. But I still never knew that it was Betty White until yesterday. I know. I know. <laughs> I, want you, I want you to stop saying this. So, so loudly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it. Golden Girls. That's who she is. <laughs> That's who <Betty>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Like, I, I've never watched an episode of I Love Lucy. I just, I've just never done it. I No, that's I Dream of Jeannie. Okay, I don't. I don't think I have either. Was was um, I love Lucy the the lady who was married, but they never slept in the same bed. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm all asking you. You have no idea. <laughs> I'm gonna Google it. Huh? I, I know that the guy used to say Lucy. I'm yeah. Home, you know, and and his name was Ricky Ricardo in the show, right? So yeah, everybody has this. They have this show called I Love the Ricardos or something like that. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, let me watch this really quick. But I couldn't because I didn't know what it was talking about. Mm. So I was like, let me oh, let me get out of here. And so I looked it up and I'm like looking up I Love Lucy. And apparently her name is Lucy, but his name is not Ricardo. So I'm like, who the hell is he? Right. It just, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. Like his real name was like Desi something. Uh-huh. And it show his name was like Ricardo or Richie, Ricky, Rich, Ricky uh, Ricardo. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Single Dog Mom. I'm your host, Shayna. And of course, never too far from me is my co-host, my four-year-old French Bulldog, Luke. Um, R.I.P. Betty White. How sad. How sad. Um, yeah, we, we learned on, what was that, New Year's Day, either January 1st or 2nd, we learned that Betty White died on New Year's Eve. And, um, you know, she was just a few weeks shy of her 100th birthday, um, a major milestone in, in her life. And, you know, if you look on her Instagram page, you know, there were posts about this big, huge celebration or party or whatever that she was going to have for her 100th birthday celebration. And, you know, um, dang, just didn't make it. Um, but if there's one thing Betty did do is she lived a very, she lived a very full and rich life. Um, so there's always that. And in my research about Betty White, because as you've heard, I've, I've never seen Golden Girls. I did not happen to know that she was a a member of, of the Golden Girls. Um, I also learned that she, um, never remarried after her husband died in 1981. Um, her husband, Alan Ludden died of cancer. And she then vowed to never remarry. You know, she said that's the love of her life. And she knew that she would see him again. So um, if that's true, I think that's a beautiful story. And I hope that she is with Alan. All right, you guys, it is time for this week's Hot Dog Topic. Hot Dog Topics is current events, but make it relatable and make it about dogs. Um, So, Trey Songs. Trey Songs has been fucking up. Um, over these past few weeks, um, he's just been, he's just been getting slammed. So it all started on New Year's Eve when this girl named Dylan sent out a tweet saying that he raped her. And then, you know, it just kind of went downhill from there. 
So Dylan is a basketball player. She played, I don't know if she still plays there, but she played at um, UNLV um, basketball and she's a model and, you know, she's got all this going for her. And um, she said on, on New Year's Eve, she sent out a tweet and she was like, basically said something along the lines of, um, hey, I'm not taking this into 2022 with me. Trey Songs raped me. And then after that, she's like, oh, I feel better. And like, that's all we know pretty much of the story. Like it's still developing. And um, well, I think Trey Songs denied it as well. But it's like, aside from that, I don't know anything else, you know. Um, so we'll, I guess we'll like find out as it goes because I know there's a lawsuit now, you know. But um, anyway, so, so yeah. And this is not the first time that this has happened to Trey Songs. Uh, many women have actually accused him of uh, sexual assault. And um, it's just, yeah, just, so she's like one more person. But so I want to like sit that story to the side for a little bit. We'll come back to Dylan in a, in a little bit. But I want to talk about a story that um, I have like a little bit more information on. And that's Kiki Palmer. So Kiki Palmer um, did something similar um, back in like 2017, 2018. She did a video and she was like, hey, like, this is what happened. Um, I was with Trey Songs, and um, I don't know if it was like a video. He, I, the, I vaguely remember this story, but it was like something like a, a video. Um, he wanted to record her and she said no. And um, she said that things started to get sexual and she started to feel very uncomfortable and stuff like that. And so she said um, what she said. And then a lot of people were like, we don't believe you, girl, you know? And it was just really sad. And I kind of think like what happened to Kiki is kind of happening right now with Dylan. Not only with Dylan, it just happens to women. And I just, I'm just sick of it. Um, so... I want to play this clip really quick of the um, the interview that Kiki did when she went on Breakfast Club in 2018. And it's a minute clip, so it's going to be really quick. But just listen to um, a few of the things, and then we will chat after. Now, did you and uh, Trey Songz ever get cool with you? Man, you know, I have not talked to that guy. You know, I have not spoken to that guy. Was it a misunderstanding? Like, because you accused him of sexual intimidation. Like, you know, it wasn't a mis it wasn't a misunderstanding. She told the story of what I tell my truth, and you know, I just thought it was real interesting that after all those things went down, you know, someone else had something to say. So it wasn't like I don't, I don't like when people think that somebody is just gonna be saying something just to say it. First of all, I love black people. I love my people. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna try to ever tear nobody down, try to tear no black man down. That's not who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what I stand for. That's not what I'm about. So if I say something, I'm saying something for a reason. And I feel like so many times black women say stuff and nobody gives a shit. Excuse my language. Nobody gives a fuck when sometimes black women say something. But somebody of another complexion, somebody of another color, they say something. And then it's like, we're taking it to court. It's time. All right, so that's just a, a small clip of the 60-minute interview that she did on um, Breakfast Club with Angela Yee, Charlemagne, and DJ Envy. So a few things like really popped out to me just during that one minute, and I just found it... I, I think that Kiki Palmer handle, handled herself extremely well during that interview. A lot of things that I heard really offended me, and I just don't think that this is... Um, I, I, right now I'm just talking about the response that we have um, to women or to, just to people when they say that they've been sexually assaulted. 
And, you know, how we respond to it, I think, determines how other people feel when they need to, like, when it happens to them. Like, when some people don't say it, I I think that people fear that they, if they say something, nobody's going to believe them anyway. So why say something? You know what I mean? Like, and I think it's shit like this. Like, DJ Envy just sat in that girl's face and said, are you sure you didn't misunderstand the, the situation? Are you sure it wasn't a misunderstanding? And that would have just, that would have just sent me because, and she was like, basically she answered, she's like, I said what I said. Like, I'm, there was no misunderstanding at all. You know what I mean? But it's shit like that. It's like, are you kidding me, DJ Envy? And that, my thing is like, DJ Envy, if I'm not mistaken, he has two daughters. And so I really don't think that you would, if you, if one of your daughters, God forbid, right? Um, but if one of your daughters walked up to you and was like, dad, you know, I got, I got sexually assaulted. I doubt that you're about to be like, no, are you sure? Are you, are you not misunderstanding what happened? You know what I mean? Like, how are you fixing your mouth to ask me that right now? I'm shook. So I really just think that I commend Kiki for, for keeping herself composed the way that she did that entire interview. And it, they weren't talking about Trey Songz the entire interview. But like, and I'm sure she was like, she was doing more interviews in the Breakfast Club, you know, so she was going around and having this conversation multiple times. And I'm sure um, it's a, it's it's not easy for her to like keep talking about, but she, I think that she handled herself um, really well as she does. And that leads me to my next point. So she made that point um, a few moments later and she said, you know, I'm not saying this just to say it. Like, I don't say shit just because, you know what I'm not, I, I, I support black people. I would never want to tear a man down. I like, I'm saying this because it happened, you know? And I like that really, I, I really feel her on that because I mean, why would Kiki just sit up there and just make that shit up? Why would Dylan sit there and make that shit up? If anything, Kiki and Dylan and the celebrities that this happens to, never mind the fact that this happens to like, you know, everyday people, um, and, and obviously, but Kiki has mouths to feed. She has people that she pays. Like she has like this whole like this is her livelihood. And it could potentially be affected. I think that Kiki and people like Dylan have more to lose from standing up for themselves and and saying shit like this. Who knows? Like, we know how cancel culture is, you know? Um, No one's exempt. And I've been told, obviously, I don't, you know, never personally um, had, like, known about a story. But, like, you know, we've heard of like in Hollywood how sometimes it's like people just like will not fuck with you because of your your drama or whatever the fuck that they think that you, you know, you bring on set, like you're difficult or whatever, right? Um, I'm happy that, you know, Kiki is still like thriving and doing great or whatever, but, you know, who knows what could have happened? Who knows what labels people could have put on her just because she spoke up for herself and stood up for herself? Anything could have happened. And so I just think that, we should we should be like 
celebrating her and telling her like, wow, like you, you're so brave to be telling your story, not sitting there and asking her if she's sure that it happened. Um, let's see. Oh yeah. So anyway, she said that in, okay, next point. So earlier in the, um, in that interview, so we didn't hear it in that, in that clip, but earlier in the interview, they were talking about anxiety and depression. And Kiki said something that um, I think was really relevant still to this conversation. She said, um, you know, it's, a, it's really important to name your demons. And what she was saying is that, you know, when you're dealing with anxiety and depression, it's because something is holding you, like something is, is, is telling you that, you know, you can't let this go. And so what you have to do is you have to sit it in front of you call it whatever it is, name, it's, it's a demon and it's, it's haunting you. And only when you actually do that, will you be able to move on. Um, so you're able to clear your conscience. And I think that was like exactly what, what Dylan did. And that's why I understand what Dylan did. Now, I don't agree with her going on Twitter and, and doing all that. That was, I mean, you know, she could have simply just sued the guy. Like, I don't think that she should have had to bring it on Twitter. But um, I understand that, you know, like when I saw that last sentence and she was like, oh, I feel better. I felt that because sometimes that's all you need to do is speak your truth, you know. And if that is Dylan's truth and um, she needed to get it, get it off her chest, she was dealing with some demons and they were haunting her. We don't know what that girl has been going through, you know. Um, she's like she was probably fighting every day. Should I say something? Should I not say something? Like, will people believe me? Like I was just saying, you know what I mean? She was probably going through so much shit. And then once she was like, you know what? I'm going to press send on this tweet and I'm going to call it a day. And then I'm sure she felt, she felt better. Um, so yeah, I think that's what Dylan did. And I think we need more of that. I think more people just need in, well, I think if more people named their demons, you know, this conversation wouldn't be as hard as it is like every time that it comes up. Um, but anyway, like I said, good for both of them for, for speaking up. Kiki, I feel like more was just like, you know what I'm, well, she even said, she was like, I'm saying this so that nobody going forward, so that nobody can fuck with me. Like, don't, don't try any shit with me because yeah, I'm a snitch and I'm going to snitch. I'm going to say something, you know, whereas I think that Dylan was just like, I need to free myself of this. And really, really, she needed to free herself of it and put the onus back on Trey Songs because that's his shit. Like, if he is really out here, like, assaulting all these women, that's your shit that you need to deal with. She was just minding her business. You know, I don't know if they were on a date. I don't know what they were doing. But at the moment, at the very moment that she said no, at the very moment that she said she's not comfortable with it, that's when he should have, you know, that's when he made the decision to continue. And that's some shit that he needs to work on, not her. Like she had no business dealing with all those damn demons. So, um, all right. Last, I, so my final thought on this is that, look, I just think that if we just showed more compassion for people when they're going through shit like this and when they are speaking up for themselves and when they are, um, you know, freeing themselves of, uh, of, of demons and speaking their truth, show people compassion, you know? We don't have to, I mean, and sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it, you know? And I just don't think, um, even if you did kind of want to ask Kiki about like, you know, kind of what happened and how she understood the situation have happened versus how Trey Songs understood the situation to have happened. That is a question. It's, I think it's okay to ask if, you know, you need to ask it. 
but it's not how you, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And anyway, going back to compassion, um, I, I, like I said, I don't think that anybody, I don't think enough people ask Kiki, like, you know, how are you doing? Are you okay? Like, th those are the things I think that Kiki needed to hear. I think that's how she would have felt supported during that time. I think right now Dylan has all these people like telling her that she's lying, telling her that, you know, all this shit that she, she has going on right now when I just hope the girl's okay. You know what I mean? Um, but, but also it's just like, we have to get to a point where these conversations aren't so difficult Where these conversations, well, it, it's, it's difficult because it's, it's assault. It's, it's, it's heavy. It's hard. It's fucking disgusting. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying it like, you know, why is it that, so for, so for some people, it's like, why do you think that this person is lying? Why do you think that this is something that didn't happen? Because it's, it's a reality. People get assaulted. People get raped. People do shit like this. You know what I mean? It happens. Let's deal with it. And so first of all, like recognizing it. And then also like just making a difference, like be, be a part of the change um, of this narrative so that we don't have to um, like tiptoe around these conversations, you know? Um, because I think like, well, obviously like one part of compassion is just, you know, being empathetic, just being like, damn, I understand that that's, that's tough, you know? And then, and then, so what are you going to do about it? Like, not only do I understand, I, I feel for you. I'm so sorry that happened to you. And here's what I can do to help. Like, here's what I want to do to help. And how can you help? Like, as, as a listener, like, I'm challenging you to just to do that. Um, I'm I challenge people to just really, in the moment that they hear about shit like this, think about how you're going to respond. Because your response makes all the difference. Um, what, what can I do? To, oh, I also want to say like to, you know, I think that things are changing. Um, like as far as this topic goes, everybody, um, you know, when we have the, the conversation about millennials and Gen Z's, they say that the Gen Z kids are the change makers of today. Um, so uh, many of the Gen Z kids aren't even adults yet. So, you know, we have a ways to go, but like I, you know, these kids today, y'all, they just not taking this shit anymore. Like they're just not. So um, I, I can see that, but it doesn't mean that just, it doesn't mean that we have to wait on Gen Z to save us, right? Like we can all be change makers. And I just think that, um, like, I think personally that I have a responsibility as a black woman to, um, to help. And, you know, I don't, I don't really know, like I, I'm starting the conversation. Um, I'm always going to be there to listen um, to, to someone who wants to chat about it. Um, I think that um, sometimes you just need to to be heard, and I think that in these situations there was there was way too much judgment and less people actually listening to what happened. These traumatic situations that Kiki went through, that um, Dylan went through, and all these other women went through, and they just want to be heard. So more listening, more compassion, less judgment. I think that is a great start to changing the narrative of this conversation. Um, and of course, this would not be hot dog topics if we did not make it about dogs in some way. I'm not gonna lie. I don't have a way to make this about dogs. So um, in, in light of this being a very heavy like episode period, um, I'm just gonna, 
I'm just going to talk about an Instagram page that I really love. Um, I found it a few weeks ago. It's it's called Dogsytocin. <laughs> it's um, like, yeah, just at Dogsytocin. It's so cute. Like it ha it's a page of like people sharing videos of their dogs just doing the cutest stuff. Like every time something pops up on my timeline, I'm just, I get... I always laugh or I always look like, oh, like it's just the cutest stuff. Like there's dogs, there's a dog on there that's um, playing. Um, he thinks that he's scaring his like owner and he hides behind a wall. And every time she walks up the stairs, like he jumps out and he thinks that she's scared. It's so funny. And then there's another one that, um, uh, they, oh yeah, there's another one. This, <laughs> this lady's playing fetch with her dogs, like with two, with a stick, but it's like um, two dogs. Um, doing fetch and the dog walks up to her and he brings her the smallest stick it was like so small but the dog was still so excited like usually the way that he was like um bouncing up and down like waiting for her to throw the stick it was so funny so if you ever just need like a laugh or if you're feeling down you just like you need to do some like mindless instagram scrolling um, go to the dog see Tosin page. It will, it will definitely make you laugh. I guess so before we get into my weekly confession, I do want to tell you how you can support and keep up with us during the week. So if you have any questions or you want to share your opinion with the podcast, email us at hello at single Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the single dog mom visit our website blog and shop www.singledogmom.com and right now if you're listening on apple podcasts or spotify do me a quick favor and tap that five star rating if you love the show thank you um all right so last week you guys we talked about we started off the um the new conversation um this is where we'll we'll do um three episodes on connection and compatibility um so last week we talked we talked about shared interests and um, kind of, you know, how that affected my marriage. And this week, we're going to talk about normal conversations that, um, you know, me and my ex had or didn't have. Um, and yeah, we'll just talk about like how that really affected us. Because um, even in just talking to each other, you know, sometimes there's, there's um, like some disconnect. So a few quick things. So and I want to talk about the normal conversations that we had in the beginning of our relationship, the middle of our uh, relationship, and the end of our relationship. Last week, I kind of spoke too soon, and I told one of those examples, but I'll tell another one. But last week, I was I, I said um, how I used to call him, and like you know, after we got off of work, and then he would be like all confused. So that was like a normal conversation that I thought we were having, um, or that we should be having in the beginning of our relationship. That was like, really difficult to have. But anyway, another one, um, since I said that already, um, I would just say, say like simply carrying the conversation. Um, I think I'm a little bit, um, no, I'm a lot more uh, vocal about this now. I simply will not date someone who I feel that I have to carry the conversation all the time. Like we have to be able to shoot the shit back and forth to each other. Like I, I, I don't have patience for that, you know, at this point, I just can't. And so I, back then with my ex, I noticed it a lot where like, you know, I noticed that I was, I was doing like all the talking and just like, like I said, in normal conversations, not anything heavy, not nothing like that, you know, just something regular talk, you know what I mean? Um, so I think back then I used to, um, you know, I'm 
I'm pretty uh, like silly, pretty goofy sometimes. Um, so I, I noticed that I could make him laugh really easily. So when I when I felt like you know it was too quiet or whatever, you know, I would always just do something goofy and make him laugh. Um, but this, um, it it kind of like showed it showed its head in our relationship, like in many different. Uh, during many different times. So that was like the beginning where I kind of didn't address it. You know, I just kind of like did something silly and like, you know, just let it slide. Um, later, I would ask him about it. Like, hey, I noticed that like, you're not like, what's up? Like, why aren't you as talkative? Like, I, I don't remember how I surfaced it, but um, he ended up telling me, he was like, you know, I'm, I'm really like my dad. My dad doesn't like, um, you know, he's a man of few words and stuff like that. But like my ex wasn't a man of few words. Like, that's not who I started to like, you know what I mean? Like, why are you so damn quiet all of a sudden? Like, and he was just like, I like to be like my dad and stuff. And I was like, okay, but you're not your dad. Like when we're around the house, like we can talk, you know what I mean? Like, come on. Um, there's a lot that I'm trying to fit into this small um, period of time. But anyway, moral of, of that story is that um, I felt like I was carrying a lot of um, conversations. Um, the last point that I'll make on the beginning of our relationship is like when we separated the first time, um, one of the reasons that I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, you know, it was, it was me who, well, it was me who started the conversation. It was not me who took action on it. But, um, I was like, why is, why is our relationship so predictable? Why is it that when you get in the house from work, I know exactly what you're going to say. And that's all you say. You don't say anything more. You don't say anything like, you know, less. You just always ask me, you know, the question you asked me and a few more things and like, boom, go take a shower. Like, what? I don't like this. I don't like this. And it was something that we just couldn't really um, overcome. It might sound small, but, um, you know, if this is the person that you're supposed to be spending your life with, you need some kind of um, excitement. You need, you know, to not, you know, and, and some sometimes, it's, you know, predictability is, is not um, always the best thing. So, Towards the middle of our relationship, um, I did notice this and surface it a little bit more with him. Um, I'm uh, pretty chatty, you know, I generally um, just like to chat. And like I said, similar to the phone thing, we don't have to be talking about anything deep. We don't. We can be talking about whatever, you know what I mean? But um, I noticed that when I get, get, get home from work, I like to talk about my day at work. Like, I'll be like, you know, if you're dating me, you're going to know all my coworkers' names. You're going to know, like, what so-and-so did yesterday. You're going to know who pissed me off. Like, you're going to know all that. Because I'm, like, I have to kind of, like, talk about my day <laughs> when I get home. You know what I mean? So, like, I would go home and tell him about my day and stuff like that. And then I would go, okay, so, yeah, tell me about your day. How was your day? How was work? And he was like, fine. And, you know, I'm like, okay, like, so, you know, what happened? And so, swear to God, you guys, till this day. I don't know what that man does. Like, I know what he, where he works. <laughs> I know what they do, but I specifically do not know what he does because he told me that um, he's like, I don't like to talk about work. I just like to like, you know, leave work at work and just, you know, not talk about it when I get home. Hey, I get that. I get that. But you got to give me something, man. Like I'm sitting here going all the way in, telling you about my day, telling you like all the like fine details and all the shit that's going on, you know? Um, granted, like he and I used to work in the same place, but still, still, um, come on. And so, yeah, I never knew like how his day was at work because it was always just, it was fine. Like, you know, and, um, then one day I met his coworkers 
and he and his coworkers were just having a grand old time talking about work, talking about clients, talking about colleagues. I'm like, oh, so shit does happen at your job. Why don't you tell me? Like, I didn't say anything then, but like, yeah, he heard my mouth later because I'm just like, see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you're just talking to your coworkers about work. Like, that's all I'm trying to get you to do. You know what I mean? I was like, this is, this is how normal conversations work, dude. You know? So I never knew how his day went. And that was like, like consistently throughout the whole relationship. He never liked to talk about work when he got home. So whatever. Um, and then lastly, towards the end of our relationship, um, I would say even if it were, it, even if it, it should have been a normal conversation, like kind of going about having those normal conversations. Um, so I guess I'm trying to say like, just kind of taking a situation that might be difficult and making it a little bit easier for me. You know what I mean? Being gentle with me, talking gently to me, talking nice to me. Um, so a few things that I can remember, um, and this, this, one example is very recent. This is like a few months before I ended up, you know, leaving in Jersey. Um, I had this old boss that I worked with at one of my jobs. And um, this old boss meant the world to me um, because everybody at that place that I worked, um, well, pretty much everybody, like actually just, I, I don't know, like nobody liked me. It, it was, it was tough. And um I would just have a hard time every day. Like I was just like, you know, I could feel people not liking me. I could feel like, you know, the stairs and all that kind of shit. Like I just, I would just be defeated. I just hated going to work. You know what I mean? But my boss never gave up on me. He, he was like, you know, Shana, I know like I would, I would always be in trouble for something y'all. It was just ridiculous. But, um, he would, he would, he would help me. And he would just like really be like, Shayna, I know it's hard. Like, you know, I know that everybody's asking, you know, you of this and shit like that. Like they would call me when I was on vacation. They would call me at three in the morning, like, and they would know that I, I was asleep and they would be like, oh, I called you when it was emergency and you didn't answer the phone. And like, so I would be coming in, like getting chewed out because I didn't answer my phone at three in the morning. And so anyway, my boss was just like always on my side. He spoke up for me and he was just the only one, you know? that stood up for me. Well, I, um, and then, so, you know, we ended up leaving, he ended up leaving first and then I left after him and then years passed and, you know, we still kept in touch actually me, him and his, um, wife would hang out with me and my ex-husband and stuff like that. So, um, so, so that happened. Well, one day I get on LinkedIn and I see that it's his birthday and I go send him a message, you know, Hey, happy birthday. Hope you're doing fine. I get a message back from his wife saying, you know, hey, Shayna, he actually died the other day. I was like, fuck, like, damn. And it was like, she was like, yeah, like he, he just died. And I, you know, was like, okay, well, you know, just normal. Like, hey, let me know when's the funeral. Um, so sorry to hear about that. Let me know if you need anything, you know? And that was kind of it. And I think I just kind of like was in so much shock that I didn't, really react. I was just like, damn, like, you know, I just kept like thinking about it being like, damn. And so then one day I was, it was a Saturday. I was out running errands and I um, was so fucking tired. And I was like, you know what? I still have errands to do. I was like, let me go to um, 7-Eleven and just get me a Red Bull really quick. So I get in, um, I get in there, I get two, cause it's like two for five. And then I get um, my straw. Cause I always get a straw. 
And then I get in my truck, I open the Red Bull, pop my um, straw in there, and I looked at it and I just broke the fuck down crying. Like, it's just like, that's when it hit me because me and my old boss used to always drink Red Bulls together because we would work pretty much, we'd be there all all day, you know? So we used to chug Red Bulls and that would just be like (laughs) what we did. And so as I was about to drink my Red Bull, I was like, damn, like that's when it became real to me, right? So I was like, you know what, fuck this, I'm just going to go home. So I, you know, get home, I run upstairs and, you know, I'm still, I'm still a wreck. I'm crying. I'm all like, you know, out of it and stuff. And so I run into the room and, you know, my ex was there and I was crying and I was all like, you know, worked up and stuff. And he's like, what's wrong? Like, like, uh, like what's wrong? And I was, I told him everything that I just told you guys, but through tears and sobs. And, um, like he was just like, oh, I was like, okay, well, it's going to be okay. And like, that was it. You know, it was like, hmm. I didn't, I, I didn't even know what to do. Like, I can't console myself. Like you're supposed to console me. You're supposed to like, my point is that this is something that is easy to do. You see me crying, give me a fucking hug. You see that I'm, um, you know, going through something, just console me. Like, this is not difficult. You know what I mean? And it's just like, why is that hard for you? Why is it that you see me run into the room and, you know, telling you this fucking sad ass story talking about I was in 7-Eleven and I just got a Red Bull and I put my straw in and like, you know, and like, why are you looking at me like I'm speaking Spanish? Like, it's, it's simple. You know what I mean? So anyway, the point there was even if something that should be considered normal to me, even though I was just talking about death and stuff like that, you know, um, it was not, it was not, it was just like a, a struggle for us to kind of like connect, um, in that way. So, all right. So, um, next week we will wrap up the, um, the topic of connection and compatibility. So this week we talked about normal conversations. Next week we will talk about difficult conversations. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Bye.